Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Perlow Podcast, Top 10 Lists from the South Carolina Low Country. Joining us tonight is Mathis. I'm scarred because our guest won't wear a shirt. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Evening, Sean. I am your host, Shane, and we are joined tonight by a special guest. No days off, Dre. He is here for a mashup of short stories of black history and the Perlow Podcast. Welcome, Dre. What's up? What's up? Glad to be here. And uh, shirts are unnecessary. <laughs> well, if you look like me and the doctor, shirts are very necessary. <laughs> nah, Matter of fact, it it's almost a, it's an ordinance in my town that I must wear a shirt at all times. Frankly, Sean should probably wear a shirt just because nobody wants to see, you know, the, the scarring and the disease marks and things like that. Well, counting the ribs is always a fun game, though. It's really a shame. For those of you that don't know, that we record this on Zoom, so we're watching one person be shirtless as we record this. But the topic of the, the format of this show, excuse me, is I give these gentlemen a topic. They take that, take that topic, create a top 10 list, deliver that top 10 list to me, and we reveal them live while we record for you, our listeners at home. Tonight's topic in honor of Black History Month and in our mashup of short stories of black history are black inventions, top 10 black inventions of all time. So we are very excited to do that. A lot of crossovers tonight. Great job. City shout outs before we get started. Pendleton, South Carolina. Thank you for tuning in. Love you, Uncle Paul. <laughs> Lawrence, hey, Uncle Paul. <laughs> Uncle Paul, you were the man. Lawrenceville, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in all the way from over there in the Peach State. The fake Peach State, mind you, because didn't South Carolina produce more peaches? So Spartanburg, Spartanburg County itself produces more peaches in the state of Georgia. Georgia posers. All right. Alexandria, Kentucky. We appreciate y'all up there in the Ohio River Valley listening in. And Leinster, Ireland, L-E-I-N-S-T-E-R. Hope I didn't mispronounce your, your, your town. In Ireland, we appreciate you tuning in. Hope you're enjoying a nice Guinness and a potato as you listen to us. Wow. Wow. Man, <laughs> st 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 stereotype Tuesday. There we go. Hope all you Germans are enjoying a beer in a pot right now. And no, they got a pretzel. Japanese guys loving the sashimis and the sushis. Yeah. Okay. Let's just hit all the stereotypes, Sean. <laughs> Something else. What are they doing in Spain? A little tapas? Wine and tapas. I was going to say wine. Yeah. Paella. <laughs> all right. News of the day Tiger Woods, another car wreck. Guess we're not going to see him in the Masters this year. Dude, but I don't think we're going to see him golf again. Again, Tiger, man. Like, dude, just get a – you have billions of dollars. Just get a driver. Just pay the pay a chauffeur, man. Like, give him the NDA. I'm sure he'll sign. Like, you can go out and hang out with all the blondes you want to. Just give him – just get somebody to drive you around, bro. Come on, man. Do better. It's it, Dre. It is really bad. I think he shattered his ankle and has compound fractures in both legs. Like it's bad. He had to be jaws of life out. It was bad. Did it say how it happened? Because I haven't looked into it. No. I just read it was a one car. Like, did you see the pictures? I did not. His car was crushed. What was he driving? Got, Here we go. It says he hit a curb, hit trees, and rolled over several times. With the vehicle ultimately settling several hundred feet from the road. There was no skid marks or evidence of braking, and the weather was not a factor. Car was wrecked, too. Hey, did y'all watch that documentary on HBO? I have not yet. 
Yeah, well, there's when he gets stopped when he was on like that cocktail of every painkiller available. Like, I the first thing when I heard about it, my wife looked at me out. She's like, I feel like this is one of those things. Like, because he was driving like really under the because he take he has of course when you're that when you're that famous an athlete, you can always get a hold of something. And I mean, like, and I'm sure he takes that stuff for his back. I mean, he's the dude's basically held together with bubble gum. But like, you know, I think. I would love to hear. I can't. I hope it's not, but that toxicology report might not be good. Come on. It, uh, you know, he did that interview with Jim Nance yesterday, and he looked high in it. You know, and that's you know we're doing exactly what we always tell people: you shouldn't like speculate. But like, this is not an unusual. Like, this has happened before. You know, he he got, he's gotten stopped for driving under the influence of something. Um, let's hope. Let's hope that it's none of this, and it was just a pure accident because. I would hate for another tarnish to go on the resume of the, you know, greatest golfer in the history of the world and one of the most dominant athletes we've seen in our time in our generation. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I wouldn't. I mean, you know, people are gonna throw out a lot of names, but Tiger Woods at his peak was the most dom, one, probably the most dominant in his sport I've ever seen anybody be. Like it's ama- amazing how good he was. Absolutely. And, and again, in a different time and a different era, the things that took him down, we would have never heard about. Like in the fifties, you think dudes weren't running around their wives? Like, come on, man. Uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah, I always come back to that. It's like people we, we talked about it before, man. Like in a different world, is LeBron James Michael? If you flip the two, do we love Michael Jordan as much as we do if he's in this era? I don't know. You know, and the same kind of thing probably for Tiger Woods. You know, the social media era changes everything, man. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope that he gets a speedy recovery. Let's hope that. Uh, no one is is hurt by this emotionally or or anything. It was just a pure accident. He can return to the course again for our viewing pleasure and our, us as fans uh, to enjoy his uh, his career. Um, I know that crush, that crush that champions tour. <laughs> uh, side note: Did y'all guys see uh, Adam Sandler go back and do the Happy Gilmore hit? Oh yeah, well, that, shooter's well, did response. You shooter, did you see Shooter McGavin's response? It was awesome. It I was awesome. It. <laughs> we we deserve that as as fans who have loved that movie for years. I didn't know it was in '96. Yeah, don't say. This one thing you know is as you get older, like when you're younger, you don't think about like how long things are. But as you get older, you start hearing years, and you're like, man, that was twenty something years ago. Like, yeah, I can't be that old. Like that could not have happened that far along, far back. Like. I refused to watch movies before 2001. Then I saw that Happy Gilmore was 96. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and Waterboy. Like- Waterboy is like 98. What? Yeah. I'd really like to break down why you refused to watch movies before 91. <laughs> before 2001. 2001. Uh, because The Matrix came out in 01. I feel like every movie was better after The Matrix came out. Wow. Yeah. Screw you, Casablanca. Like, it- <laughs> <laughs> If you're not doing The Matrix in the movie, you're a piece of crap. If you're not doing the Matrix in the movie after the Matrix came out, I mean, is it really a movie? I mean, wow. I mean, wow. there's a lot of good 90s I love action. That, I love it. I love that that's the stick. Like, not like gla- not Gladiator, not, you know, not the pianist, not any Independence, of that kind of stuff. Independence Day. Yeah. You, know, not, <laughs> you know, not Remains of the Day. No Matrix. That's what it is right there. The Keanu Reeves movie, that's where Dre draws the line. It was a game changer. A movie How much with, better would Independence Day, Day be when the lasers are just, you know, the slow motion zoom by? A movie with unwatchable sequels. 
Oh god, with with sequels that are so complicated, I can't figure them out with like a legal pad and a pen. And this like, man has a doctorate, people. I do. It's true. It's not anything sequels important, are but I do awful. Have <laughs> I know one man who could figure those movies out. He lives in Walterboro. Well, he's got two doctorates. So I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. um, before we get into it. The PGA Championship is going to be in Kiwa this year. Back on golf real quick. They announced today they're going to have 10,000 fans. I got an email today because I have tickets telling me that my tickets are probably not going to be accepted. And I'm kind of disappointed about that because I was hoping to check that major off the list. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't have the funds that those 10K people are going to have. Yep, I don't think I do. So You're not pulling up in a boat. You ain't getting in. Yeah. yeah. Can we see your boat license? Oh, you drive you drive your own boat. Yeah, that's not good enough. That's not gonna work. Somebody else must drive your boat for you. All right, let's get into it. Top 10 black inventions of all time. Um, tonight there are a lot of crossovers, but there might be some things where um some inventors invented multiple things, so some of their things might get announced multiple times. I'm going to announce the invention and let these guys uh, get into the inventors and what they've done a little deeper. Uh, so if there's any errors about uh, crossovers, just let me know. We'll be okay. First notable omission, everyone now, the modern emoji is the GIF, mm. and they were created by Lisa Jalobter. I yeah. saw that one. I saw that. That's interesting. I probably would have put that one on there, but there's some others that I think are just a tad more important. Yeah, just there's a, a lot of modern bio are like biomedical. Like it's it's just I couldn't I couldn't overlook that for the gift person. Fair. I, I saw that. I and I thought about putting her on there too, because uh, I use gifs every day. It's an, it just makes my text messages more flavorful. Um, but I just God, you guys say gifs and it's annoying. It's gifs. Is it GIFs or GIFs? It's GIFs. I, I think GIFs. It, it is GIF, but it's GIF. I mean, everybody calls it a GIF. Like, Even on Ted Lasso, they say GIFs. Ted Lasso is a great show, by the way. Next notable omission, the auto gear shift by Richard Spikes, which I disagree with because I'm a manual man. I didn't see that. I didn't I didn't actually see that one. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. 1932. Yeah. He invented a bunch of stuff, actually, too. Yeah, that guy was. Uh, but he was super like into mechanics and whatnot. I just, again, it was outstanding, and I think I put him on like my notable missions, but I was like, eh, not so much. Yeah, I did. All right, and the last notable mission, the clothes dryer, which is actually beeping right now in my house by George T. Sampson. I saw that one, and there was some story about how he basically didn't get the patent on it, correct? I didn't read into it too much. I just saw this man invent the clothes dryer, and I'm like, well, th I'm thankful for him. Because I read I into it. It was a good one, but I, again, the the ones that I put on here, I put ones that were like, these are just, we take them for granted. They're so important at this point. I learned something today about the clothes dryer. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, with pollen season starting today in South Carolina, I couldn't imagine having to hang, hang dry my clothes and then be all yellow when I brought them in. That'd be terrible. Going to be a lot of symptoms in South Carolina in pollen season, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, right? yeah, it's going to be rough. You know, it's weird. We had the same conversation last year. That's yes, right. We did. We, it's been a year. Yeah, when Dre, when it was beginning of the pandemic and Dre was talking about, uh, we were talking about Tiger King. Yep. Wow, that's right. good parts of the pandemic. Man, guys, that it's been almost a year. It's been 11 
months and a week since this whole lockdown and everything has started. And here we are, we're back full face to face at our school. I know, uh, in the uh, districts that Mathis and Adam work in, they've never not been face-to-face because that's how they roll. And I know where Dre's at, they're getting there. But we're still, we're wearing masks. We're told to wear two now. I mean, life's just getting crazy. And we're still to be doing fair, it. Dre, to be fair, Dre lives in a place that has a lot of vulnerable people. But they probably got their vaccines they're like first on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but teachers cannot get them. All right, let's get into the top ten. Everyone's number 10 will be seen later. Mathis and Dre's number nine will be seen later, but Adam's number nine, automatic elevator doors. Y'all didn't think the automatic elevator doors were important? I I didn't, but I didn't. I I saw it. I just didn't see that as being like huge. I mean, I I didn't think like doing that motion was that hard to do, but I guess I can see what you're saying. It literally, like literally all elevators previously were hand crank and hand open doors. And now it's totally automated. That's a huge invention. I, I mean, I agree. Although I probably could have opened it. I'm glad yeah. we have it. What? Yeah, cool. That's a monument to your laziness gamble. Yeah. That is a, that is. No, a, but I, no, but Hulk Bane, Thor, <laughs> Jack Royd over there, you know, he's like, I'll just rip the door open. First of all, how hard do you imagine it was to open these doors? Like, I keep seeing these bellhops in these movies, and they're kind of just like pulling them, like they're just like shut like a screen. Like it doesn't. All right, now hold on. Like at the same time, I want you to think about this too. Okay, we live in a world where we have people claiming that the snow was created that went over Texas, right? That that the snow is a conspiracy. Can you imagine how many of these people would just be opening that door all the time and just hurting themselves? You can't make me close the door. It's my. I'll thing. tell you when I open the door on an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Adam, your number eight will be seen later on another list. But Mathis is number eight. Blue baby surgery. Blue baby surgery. Vivian, Vivian Thomas. Have you ever seen? It's and of course I, I first saw it on a movie. Uh, it's a condition where there's not enough blood oxygen being pumped into a baby's heart from a heart. And so they actually turn blue. Um, and a guy who was a carpenter named Vivian Thomas, and he worked for a white doctor, but the, he is actually more skillful surgeon. And he actually created the surgery that fixed that and say, like he's credited with like saving thousands of children. Um, and it's pretty common now. And he became, I think the, he never became a doctor because he couldn't afford it, but he uh, ended up being over like labs at Johns Hopkins. Like he's one of the few like that they have the picture on the wall. But um, you know, I think probably saving children's probably a pretty good invention as far as inventing a surgery that never. You know existed. what? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's more important than the elevator door. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, so the Vivian Thomas. That's from something the Lord made, right? With yeah, that's him. Hmm. All right, yeah. When you start talking about it, I, I knew I, I've seen it before. Yeah, I agree. That's a yeah. I, I overlooked that one. Oh, shame yeah, on but he, yeah, but he's he's a real guy, man. Like I think overall, like the idea of like, and again, he had what I thought it was interesting is they had to create the they had to create the syndrome in like animals to learn to create to be able to learn practice on it to be able to do it on actual children. Like you have to so you have to create the problem and then solve the problem, which. I mean, it's pretty impressive as a guy, as a, an invention. I agree. All right. Well, how about sanitary napkins? Dre's number eight. Oh, 
hold on. What's her name? Mary uh, Davis Beatrice Kenner. Yeah. So this lady is now I'll say I'll put this on the list because I have absolutely zero experience with this. But I talked to my fiance and she was like, yeah, this lady is important. Uh, she invented a belt, an elastic belt that could fit to women's hips and waist and used it to put like a sanitary macular. It's a precursor for the uh, the pad for menstrual cycles. Oh. Yeah, it's called a menstruation. It's called a menstruation belt. Yeah, they use it was. It's a, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, which and that's this is a big deal. Which, which leads to the which leads to the question of, and we're all dudes here, and so none of us have firsthand experience. What the hell were they doing before? Uh, <laughs> you really want to know? I I don't think you want to know. Complete and utter silence because none of us uh, know. Oh no no no. Sticks and washcloths. Some of them use like uh would use like hand woven quilts and like yeah stuff what? it up there. Yes, yeah. Like if you look at it, like some of them still exist to this day. Some yeah, people they're... in other countries still do this. Uh, I, again, four bros talking about this is probably not the most qualified group of people to talk about it. But absolutely not. I mean, there's there's far worse out there, like menstrual cups and things like that. It's the respect I have for women after watching my wife go through pregnancy and labor is top notch. They're they're they are amazing amazing people. I will tell you, hey, Dave, I'll tell you right now, if it was up to men to have babies, there we, we would have died out long ago. No question, yeah, no, no doubt. So shout out to women no for what you do and what you've had to go through and still hey, do today. Hey, speaking of shout outs, forget the fact this is black inventions. Can we give a shout out to anybody who invents things? Because I'm going to tell you now, I can't hardly make dinner. And these people create <laughs> like things that make the world better. Like how the, I can't imagine how talented you have to be to make an invention. Like I can't even fathom that. Like that is when I was reading this, I was like, that is so impressive. Like, this is a problem. This is how I'll fix it. Like, I'm just so impressed by people who can do that. And I always thought, like, I, I've always thought that people who invent things are some of, like, I used to think that they were lazy. And now I think, like, they're really, like, intuitive and ambitious. Because I always think about, like, the remote control. Like, who said that, you know what? I'm not getting up to turn this TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't invent the remote. I'm thankful for that person. I'm All trying right. to figure out why Dre thinks that inventors are lazy people. <laughs> I used to. I used to. Like what kind he of logic? Sol- He's like they're solving problems to make their life easier. What right. a hard. Like, I can't believe a- they would invent a car a car to what go a- places faster. That's stupid. Of crap. The Egyptians built the pyramids with physical labor. You can do things by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to number 7 for Dre and Adam. Crossover refrigerated trucks. Nice. Go ahead, sir. Well, Fred McKinley uh, I remember I talked to my grandma and I asked her what the greatest invention was of her lifetime. And she said the refrigerator. So she still remembers like the people coming in with the, the big pick thing to pick up the huge block of ice and put in the refrigerator. So him inventing the refrigerated truck to where you could take goods and store them coldly from place to place is an amazing feat. Uh, and not so long ago either. It's actually one of the things that allows for our food supply to meet our population growth. That we've had since uh, the 40s and 50s. 
Forget uh, that. That's one of the. Re- I think it's one of the. Re- hey, wasn't like refrigerated rail cars one of the reasons you couldn't get Coors past the Mississippi at one time? Originally, yes. I did not know that. Well, the banquet beer has made it this way because it's, it's literally the entire plot of Smokey and the Bandit, and that's the only reason why Burnett knows it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somebody's got to be a dick tonight, huh? There you go. Wow. <laughs> this is a family show. First of all, that's the first month of curses. The second season began. The Colonel's way ahead of me. If we go back to the candy bar episode, we can bleep you out. Yeah, you right. got super aggressive about candy bar. <laughs> oh, Reese's really was your breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> Reese's is so trash. Number, speaking of Reese's, you know, Mathis tonight said all of his were biomedical. And he proves it right here with his number seven uses for the peanut. Yep, oh. my hey, my biology changes because I eat that much peanut butter. Like, it's a real thing. <laughs> but no, nah, man, George Washington Carver changes the South, man. Finds a way to like replenish. You know, pe- so peanuts. Obviously, I did not know this have like a re- have like a restorative effect on the ground. Like I did not know that. Like I you plant, learned something it, today. Yeah, like it. Suppose like you could plant it, and first of all, it's super hardy. You can't hardly kill it. And um, you know, he finds different ways of using it. Like, you know. Pe- peanut oil pe- everybody remembers peanut butter but like he, there's tons of stuff but like it really does make it where you know it becomes a cash crop down here so it's an important thing and also Reese cups simply that like just just that alone makes it the hey, top 10 and for sean without it there is no chick-fil-a it's all fried in peanut oil you're dang yeah. right you're dang right which which is which is amazing because the idea of like i mean you we think of the peanut as being fairly ubiquitous now um drink but like you know it's not <laughs> will do will do <laughs> but it's not something that i mean obviously that during that time like it was not something that was grown in that kind of quantities and god could you imagine a world without boiled peanuts like there's could you imagine no bruce feldman like, actually talked about that in cane mutiny no yeah. that one was in, that one was in meat market oh my bad. Yeah. <laughs> unpopular opinion i think boiled peanuts are disgusting oh hey, hey. Follow-up opinion, you're from Virginia and your opinion doesn't matter. Well, peanuts are fantastic. <laughs> William Fleming probably hated peanuts, William, too. Let me tell you who loved peanuts, William Fleming. <laughs> the colonel himself. The original <laughs> colonel. Colonel was... Uh, Number well, six eight. for Mathis. Number six for Mathis. The gas mask. Oh, my God. I left that one off my list. Yeah, Garrett Morgan invents the uh, gas mask. Like, I mean, can you use that dude? It, when you think about the idea of, could you imagine the casualties that would have happened in World War One and World War Two without the gas mask? Like, could you imagine how? Awful I know Hitler right? would have died. Well, oh no. I mean, I, I'm yeah. I just obviously don't. Uh, you know, so you can't you can't win them all. You got me on that. <laughs> yeah, you got him on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but but still, you think about the amount of casualties you would have without that, and even now, I mean, with the idea of nerve agents and those kind of things that our soldiers every day, like it is the earliest form of it, and you know, it has a it directly saves lives, which I think is an important, which obviously I think is an important invention, and became used by basically every army in the planet. Um, you know, it's been added on to since then, but definitely the, the first one and to find a way to make it actually work. And by the way, who's the guy that tested that first one is the real question. Like, yeah, hey, no dude, <laughs> like, so real gonna fast throw, and step in this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to throw this mustard gas in here and see what happens. Like, <laughs> I just I can't imagine like that's again, that's one thing about these inventions that are like 
really early before safety things like who tested this stuff like who tested the bulletproof vest the first time ask yourself that question the drunkest guy in the unit <laughs> <laughs> i will say this though the the gas mask and the shotgun were the game changers of world war one not the not the uh um the uh mustard gas no well, the gas so- mask the fact that it made it less effective and the shotgun, the shotgun was so effective that the Germans said it was an uh, it was an inhumane weapon to use in warfare. Really, I did not yeah. know. Wow, that says a lot coming from those guys. Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> there's one thing I think about Germans: it's their real, you know, sense of code of honor in warfare. Yeah, like well, that's the shotgun's way too much, guys. Like they're whoa, like whoa, the whoa, shotgun whoa, whoa, whoa. is overkill, people. We know we have Auschwitz, but the shotgun. Back in World War One, that was just too much. I didn't realize that they didn't have, that they hadn't been used in previous wars. Like I didn't realize like yeah. that was. A- Think of the technology. They barely had rifles in Civil War and Revolution. No, the I'm U.S. Sorry. the U.S. brought the shotgun to Europe in trench warfare, and the Germans were like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> there had to be. I mean, there were. I hate to say recreational, but there were. There were like hunting shotguns before that had to be. I guess there wasn't really a war. Sure, people have been bird hunting with them, but nobody ever thought about, well, I mean, war wasn't, cl- this is so off topic. War wasn't close combat like it was in trench warfare. And so then when it got to trench warfare and you got into a trench, a shotgun's pretty effective there. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. true. Yeah. Speaking of gas mass, not to be out there. all this information on my sideshow of <laughs> military history with the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> We have very few listeners. Mathesis number nine is also Dre's number six. Mm. Gas furnace. Oh yeah. A- ask people in Texas if they need it. Go ahead and go wow. ahead, Dre. Wow. Oh yeah. The lady Alice Parker created the gas furnace. It's basically central heating using natural gas. Um, yeah, it's pretty important nowadays. Pretty cold. Uh, so if you wanted heat, uh, you could thank Alice Parker for that. She does a great job. Yeah, the 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 idea, like when you think about the fact of, and this is something I think we take for granted. I remember our very first episode we talked about inventions, and I put air conditioning like number two. Um, but like realistically, we take for granted the fact that most of our life now is climate controlled. Mm-hmm. But it was not that long ago where it was not that way. Like basically, whatever it was outside, it wasn't much better inside. And the fact that people went, that sucks because believe it or not, ambient temperature is supposedly one of the key facets of like positive brain growth. Like people making decisions, if you're uncomfortable heat wise, you don't, you're less productive. So like solving of these problems really matters. Yeah. I couldn't imagine living in, you know, the upper Montana area or Wyoming without heat. I wouldn't make good decisions there anyway. Dude, how would you? It's been snowing like crazy in Richmond, Virginia. How would you live there without it right now? We had it. We had a gas <laughs> furnace growing up. I remember every, um, like right before winter, the local uh, oil heat and oil place would come and they'd, they'd tune it up and get it ready. And then when the season, winter season was over, they'd come and get it set up for summer. So that way it'd be ready to go again next winter. It was pretty cool. Have any of y'all ever had like a true heat oil pump as your heat yes. source? Yes, in Wise County, the- Virginia. That is the most expensive form of energy on the planet. And it gets used in like five seconds. Like it takes like no time. And it's expensive as hell. Like it is unreal the amount that it costs to fill those things up. Yeah. And wise they uh my friends had this house to where it worked like that. And you know, winter starts there in September. 
So by December, because it's Canada, it was all gone. Oh. And they got back and they was like to refill it was like six, seven hundred dollars. <laughs> they all looked at each other and said, nah, we'll spend eighty dollars on blankets. <laughs> That's how they survived till March. They're like, wear your socks always. Don't ever take your socks off. <laughs> um, I refused to go to their house when it was when it was that cold. All right. Well, we'd like to thank the inventor of Adam's number six, because without this person, we ain't doing this podcast. The electric microphone. It's that I was doing some research on it. It's actually, who is it, James E. West? It's the basis of all like modern microphones that we use today. Well, thank you, James. I did not know yeah. that because yeah, I have it's a, like that, a like, great podcast mic. Yeah, the electric microphone is like the like the the way he set it up. It's the base of like all recording microphones we have now or have been using really since. And so, because of it, without it, we have no audio recordings that are clear and high quality. So what were they using before? Was there was no microphone before? No, no. It, he made a better quality microphone. Okay, okay. Yeah. There, there are no. ways to record. There are ways of recording sound. Yeah, but it all, it all sounds like this. It's all like like it's like <laughs> well dre think about it. like you listen we talked about before about blind willie johnson but you think about like you think about the recordings of his stuff he's a great blues man great blues man but like the recordings are absolutely horrid because in the teens in 1910 there's wasn't a lot of great recording stuff did you listen to like Robert Johnson, who like every like '60s rock artist was like, he's my favorite musician. It's it literally just sounds like a jangly guitar in a cave. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and see, and people, and what those are things that you think about, like as inventions that you don't think about. But imagine a world of the iPhone that doesn't have recorded that high quality recorded sound. I know. Like I, know. I thought about that. Like those, like those ideas, like television without boom mics. Like what, what is like? We take this stuff, like when you talk about things you take for granted, like those technology, the things that are built upon because of that is huge. Yeah, I agree. Well, this seems like a perfect time to take a second and get a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Perlo Podcast, top 10 listeners of South Carolina Low Country. That was Anchor, who we record our podcast on, but also recording our podcast on Anchor is Dre, who is our special guest tonight. He is the host of Short Stories of Black History with his fiance. And we're gonna give him here a minute to tell you tell you guys about his podcast. So you can go over there and check that out. Oh, yeah. Short stories of black history. You can find us streaming uh, through Anchor, through all major podcasts. Uh, what we like to do is we like to go back and look at stories that you probably won't hear about in your history books or in your classroom. Uh, we go and research uh, interesting things about black history through black history. And we try to discuss it with somebody through the who's lived through the time period. Or I like to discuss it with some uh, someone who's had experience in uh, those type of situations. And uh, what we try to do is try to uh, maintain the stories of, you know, black history from people who have lived through it or have experienced something like it. And, you know, getting to preserve and hear those stories is what the main goal is to continue that legacy on. Cause that, you know, it's super important to hear that, uh, that perspective from people who were there at the time. So I, I encourage everybody to go listen. And uh, we got some episodes that we need to put out here soon uh we're going to do well I, I i i like it i enjoyed it. i think your best one that you did was 
on uh, on Robert Smalls without it's pretty a doubt. good. I had a great guest that episode. Yeah, yeah. Was a the good part. The the best part about Dre about Dre's stuff is if you actually like facts and learning things as opposed to what you get here, um, you know it's a great thing to do because he actually like researches as opposed to you know getting that email, getting that text five minutes before like, hey, what's topic night? Oh, you know, <laughs> greatest foods to eat while you're being a fat load. Like that's what we're doing. Right now. Oh, it's hey, it's better than you know tie cast, which is literally just us being like, I'm so damn mad at coffee. <laughs> It's coffee hot, <laughs> dude. Oh, but by the way, we are gonna get back on podcast. We've been really lazy, like gambling out because podcast is the ultimate, like it is the ultimate, like vanity project. We've just been so lazy not doing it. We got to get back to that because I do like yelling at my phone. The whole I time. do. I like to yell, guys. We've I, been. I, I have a really good rant about the cameo <laughs> app that's just been boiling up inside of me. We've been <laughs> podcasting for a year and a couple weeks now, and we have two spinoff. We have. A spinoff podcast, the Tie Cast, Doctor Tyner Colonel, and we have another podcast in the Perlo Podcast Network, Short Stories of Black History. Guys, we've really evolved, and I just heard Mathis say "project," so we are really taking off, guys. Thank you for all y'all that listen and rate us five stars. We have military Apple. history with the Colonel. I mean, <laughs> I thought I thought that was under the uh, the How Stuff Works um, genre. No, no, it's in our network. Now, none of the none of the things have been posted because I don't know how, but it's out there. I thought it was under I thought it was under QAnon and friends. I thought that's who it was with. <laughs> no, no, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. They they won't have me. Hey, <laughs> the best part is we got four, we got three podcasts and maybe forty five listeners. I'm telling you right now, boys, we are killing it right. Forty five is a stretch. <laughs> Y'all have forty four. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Number five for Dre. Loads of fun. The super soaker. Uh, yeah, my boy Lonnie Johnson was working at NASA for jet propulsion. Left NASA to create the super soaker. I mean, he is the 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 height of my childhood. Did you guys, did y'all guys not have super soakers? Did y'all not terrorize? I had a childhood, Dre. I, I used a super, super soaker. <laughs> yeah. I did. I begged my parents for one, and then we filled it because I live on a lake. They didn't tell me you couldn't fill it with lake water. So once that silt got in there, that was the end of the super soap. Get out of town. All that alligator juice. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put dirt in that. Not ideal. Why is it dangerous? I, did, I never figured this out. Like, why is it deemed dangerous today? Like, we're doing kids a disservice by not letting them use the super soap. I agree. First of all, you may you pump that thing up like five hundred times. So, oh get, man, get it, get that spring so that pressure so tight you couldn't push anymore, and then spray it like three inches off somebody's face. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, right the back of their head, execution style. You know? <laughs> I can remember just looking in people's eyes, just pump. I can't wait to get this. <laughs> I don't know. We were a big airsoft neighborhood. Did y'all ever do airsoft guns? No, one time. No, we we, we were poor. We didn't have. <laughs> well, that's well, your you problem. Just, you we, said you lived on a lake. <laughs> you said you lived on a lake, but you were poor. My bad. We, we lived on a lake next to trailers. Like it wasn't like. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a ditch. It's not. Well, right. you did live on a lake, and the town's mayor was an alligator. So I mean, you know. <laughs> no, we did. Uh, we did aerosol that shot plastic BBs right at each other's eyes, and it looked like. I mean, it looked like a rack out in that neighborhood. It was nuts. Well, out in the pines, we use real BBs because we're not soft. <laughs> That's right. I forget y'all just pop them out of each other, you know. With <laughs> actually, actually, let's be real. The, the, the truth is, your your uncle only has one eye. You might as well join the club. Like it's kind of like, like go home. You, your know, you know, awesome. Uncle Eugene. You know Uncle Eugene. He doesn't have a lot of depth perception, but he's a nice guy. 
Uh, my cousins are all foresters. They're all missing fingers. <laughs> number five for Adam. We'll see later. Number five for Mathis and number 10 for Adam laser cataract surgery. I saw that too. This one probably should have been higher on my list. Dude, think about my my parents have both had it. Like my dad, they, they used to cut those things out like manually. Like they used to go in and cut them. Like, yes. Could you imagine a scalpel near your eye? No, not like, a, like they. It's it cuts a fold basically. Like they're just cutting folds into your eye. Yeah, like that's and this and uh, I believe it's Patricia. Is it Patricia Bath? I think that's the name. It is yeah, Patricia, um, Bath. Patricia Bath. Yeah, yeah. not a Patricia Bath. She uh she creates the laser the laser cataract surgery and some other some other uh you know optical deals too. But the idea that now like cataract surgery is not is an outpatient thing we do now. Like and it's so much safer because of her. Um, you know, once again, in, enhancing the quality of life to people who are older. And as we progress as a society or you know people are get living longer and longer like these things are becoming a bigger and bigger deal and not having to be invasive with it is a huge thing dre looked like he was getting nauseous here about cutting people's eyes open with the scalpel yeah I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how did how did you get into that like well you take a shot of whiskey and they then you know tape you down to the table and then let's see how it's, you, know, you, bite, you, you, bite, you bite down the broom handle and it all it just yeah. is over in a second have you ever I'm seen either. a Civil War movie where they're like sawing off people's legs? It was kind of like that. Yeah. Oh, oh what's the um, one with Matthew Broderick? Oh my God. Glory. Yeah. They're so. Oh, okay. Man. On a okay. Let's talk about this. On a podcast, we're talking about Black Inventions and Black History Month. You blank on Glory. That's not good. That's not good at all. <laughs> like that's not positive. That movie. Hold on, hold on. I gotta follow. Up. Oh. What's the name of the unit? <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. William, I'm, I'm William Fleming. I don't know. Ooh, that's a shame. 54th Regiment? 54th Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Duh. Turn in your keys. Turn in your keys. <laughs> <laughs> number four for Mathis. We'll see you later. Number four for Adam is also number 10 for Dre. The ultraviolet ultra camera for NASA and the spectrograph. It's how we see space. Yeah. I love people who are like so much smarter than me that I can't even understand what you're doing when you dumb it down. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was, when I was researching this and I was trying to read about, it, I'm trying to like, man, what is he really doing? And an invention so smart as you're reading about it. You're like, I don't know what this is, but this sounds good. Oh yeah. He takes pictures of space and he works for NASA. I can't even go look at NASA. Dude, it's like when people start talking about string theory, man. Once they get to the second, Ooh. once they get to like the second sentence, I'm done. Like, I got um, nothing. You said the string theory. Don't don't take it. Don't go there. Don't go yeah, there. We, nope, we don't, nope, we, nope. We, don't, we don't have time. We you don't have time. Google we, that later. later. My my cousin, who is a walk former Waccamaw valedictorian, and he's now teaching physics at Cambridge. He at Thanksgiving, he sat down and tried to explain it to my brother and I, and we were like, so then what what does that mean what what dimension are we in are there ghosts in the other ones we we had no idea oh my lord nope nope we're not going there nope but we will go to your number four dre and adam's number three home security oh yeah uh Mary Van Britton Brown. So I actually did research on this lady and I had intended to do a podcast on her, but I, I can't remember if I did or not. Uh, but she used to live in New York and her house got broken into. 
And she was like, I'm not having this. So she built like a remote video home security system to where she could lock her door from her bedroom. She had a little camera set up so she could see who was at the door and who came in and out. And this is in the 60s? Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah ring, late six, early ring six. before ring. Exactly. All homes, closed circuit, television, all before, all of them. Yeah. My ring doorbell, which basically does a really good job of telling me when the flag waves. It keeps telling me somebody's at my door and it's the flag waving. It's I paid 200 bucks for a flag detector. It's great. <laughs> what, what, my, ring, my ring doorbell is a 90-pound pit mix named Ladybird. <laughs> what flag are you flying, bro? The American flag? Mm. Uh, Debatable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the Berkeley County flag? First of all, I'll be it, it's you. Cypress Gardens. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah, it's the it's the American flag. Bro, the rattlesnake choking a pelican or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my wife, man. She's all she's all about it. The best part is though, but I'm responsible for it. So I got to bring it in when it rains and stuff. Like it's always one of those things. Like she wanted to do it, and I put it up, and now I get to take care of it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like getting a dog. Number three for Dre. Is number eight for Adam the traffic light? Garrett Morgan, baby, he's on the list again. Yeah, um, when you practically think about this, this is way more important than where I put it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just think I just think about all the uh, poor drivers in South Carolina and how much poorer they will be if it wasn't for the traffic light. They ignore them anyway. But well, well see, I, I have the opposite feeling on that. I feel like if you had to just kind of time it up where you had to beat someone across the four way stop, I think we might be safer. See, and, and no. Absolutely. First of all, I feel like honestly, I live in the low country where basically roundabouts are becoming a thing that people know they can figure it out. So I, I mean, them. traffic lights are going with the dough. Roundabouts oh, are great. Roundabouts are great. Roundabouts? No, I, I, I know there's a there's a crap ton of roundabouts where I grew up in Pennsylvania, and they are fantastic. Oh yeah, they started like England. They used to be like really stupid like you used to have to the person in the roundabout would have to stop for the person who was coming into the roundabout and it used to go the opposite way no yeah that won't work no it didn't work and a lot of wrecks happened and you know here we are let me tell you something dre in the low country south carolina guess what happens in the roundabouts we had they all go the same way a lot of wrecks because nobody knows how they work because it's a yankee invention that they brought down here and nobody knows how it's supposed to happen and that's why people didn't want it in America. Like when they suggested to bring it over, they were like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. Like here's a beautiful traffic light that goes on and on, tells you where to go. Garrett Morgan, we're really hard to make it. We're like, nope, screw that. We'd rather you take your life in your own hands. Enjoy that. Yeah. I live in Columbia where three cars run through every red light and people cut across four lanes of traffic to get off there on that, their exit. Well, on Columbia has Columbia has more malfunction junctions than any place in oh, America. There's the no worst, doubt. the worst engineered traffic city I've ever been to. The 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 point on twenty where you have to merge onto twenty six to get to Charleston or downtown Columbia is literally like maybe less than a mile of you just trying to ram your car through other cars to get. <laughs> The best part is you had guys said, look here, man, what we'll do is there's going to be six lanes of traffic. All of them are going to go 90 miles an hour. Two of them are going to go left, but not two side by side. They're going to be two separate ones that have to then cross over. No, and there's no, be, yeah, it's awful. No. I'm so glad I drive a truck. It's the only thing that would save me in the inevitable accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiger was in an SUV. and Good Lord. Wow. Yeah, Marty's yeah, talking about that. Do you want to hit that? I mean, Jesus, man. 
Horace Leachman died. Do you want to talk about how old she was? <laughs> the tiger did not die. He just had a bad accident and got hurt. Gosh. I'll take it there. Number three for math is the pacemaker. Yeah, the pacemaker. How did I forget? Yeah. Freaking Otis, Otis Boykin makes the pacemaker, man. The grandfather had a pacemaker. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you're, you're, t- you're talking about, like, people. Super like, yeah, again, people die without this. Like, that's a huge deal. The fact of, like, especially when you're talking about a time when people weren't overly, like, there was a time where people believed that messing with the heart and trying to have, do surgery or any kind of medical intervention on the heart was like almost kind of a voodoo thing. Like, honestly, you should never do it. Like, it was all kind of beliefs, these things. This guy creates like a, hey, let's hug some electrodes in there and make it work and, you know, stop affibrillation, that kind of stuff. Like, it's a huge deal and it saves lives to this day. Like, that's a huge yep. thing to have happen. Still used. Yep, my grandma got one. Yeah, my grandfather had one. You were talking about how people used to think it was like voodoo to mess with the heart. I also think about how they used to be like, no, you need to smoke the cigarettes. It opens the lungs. <laughs> <laughs> or, or my personal favorite is bathing is bad because God made dirt. Like that was a real, that was a real thing. Like there was I a time like, or, or slather yourself in oil. It protects you from the sun. <laughs> People just frying themselves, like, cooking like turkeys out there, like literally going out and just like deep, just literally deep frying yourself in the sun. That's great. Number two for Mathis, fiber optics. Doctor Shirley Jackson, um, worked for passionate. His research was good. I, yeah, yeah. what websites did you use? Yeah, you got to find that countdown on Yahoo. It's great, <laughs> but, uh, he's using bing and that's why we couldn't find it that's it bing's the yeah, answer again man scholarly journals scholarly journals but uh <laughs> no nah, man like the idea of like fi- the idea of fiber optics though like this is what our entire world runs on now like you think about like if you internet connect like internet connections that are super fast like how our entire world like i don't have cable anymore i have you know i cut the cord like we had those abilities like those things like you know the ability to transfer information across the entire world is all based on what this lady creates um when she works for at&t so i you know i think in the in an age like today to say fiber optics is not a huge part of who we are because it touches everything we do is a major deal i'm glad you taught me that today yeah i learned something today yeah. There it is. That's two out of four. Learn some. Oh, three. Dre said he learned something too. So if we can teach Mathis something today, we've done a good job. I learn something for you every day. Hold on. We're I, gonna get it. I, we're gonna get it right here. Dre's number two. GPS. Oh what? yeah. Uh yeah. Uh Dr. Gladys West. Uh she invented the satellite geodesy that tracks the shape of the earth. Uh and this still using like GPS today. Um, I can tell you why this is my number two because I wouldn't make it out my house without GPS. <laughs> that, is absolutely, that, is, that is absolutely true because I have ridden with Dre and that dude can't find his way in a town. Like he has no, he GPS like route from home to work every day. It's impressive. Yes, I do. You know, ironically, I am really good at like, like world geography. Like I can look at a picture of a place and kind of narrow down where it might be. But directions in a city? No, I'd, I'd get lost. If 
if I had to, if you had to talk, talk to me and give me directions, you'd never hear from me again. I miss the well, old school directions. Like got to go down there to the old Sunoco, which is now a seven 11, make a right at the third pine tree. Or God printing off directions on a road trip. Oh, oh God. Remember the map quest having it like at night, having to turn on the light in the car so you could read the map quest directions. It was and your always, parents were cussing. Yeah, I remember. My hey, sister-in-law, God love her, she still prints off MapQuest. Yeah, wow. And there's a meme out there that I totally believe. Like MapQuest said things like, go east on Route 7 for – okay, let's stop here. Like let's not – east and west, I am not Magellan. Find me a – like <laughs> tell me right or left. I need to know. <laughs> I'm not Magellan. You look like Magellan. I have – I didn't realize Magellan was a fat, overweight southern guy. I didn't know you know, they don't mention that a lot, B, but that's... Uh... <laughs> You're as brave as Magellan was. He took on 20 dudes in the Philippines. Okay, I want to... Uh, stop. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you history people. He did no. not. We don't, <laughs> we don't have these things in English. I like that there was a pause before he said, in the Philippines. <laughs> that's yeah. what it was, right? Am I wrong? First of all, don't wrong. I've never taken on 20 dudes in any way, shape, or form. I didn't that out there at all. Listen, that's like, not what I heard. <laughs> not like other people on this podcast. I have stayed away from 20 dudes. That you've taken on crazy. 11. You've taken on 11 <laughs> Presbyterian blue hoses. <sighs> those, first of all, let's not talk about them. I have class. I know that hurt you because I know deep inside you really want to – if you couldn't have been a Wofford Terrier, you really want to be a PC Brewers. Don't lie. PC Bluehouse? Yeah. No, we went on our tour, and I was like, this is the worst college I've ever been at in my life. <laughs> you didn't go to Newberry, did you? You obviously have never been. No, they knew none of us were going there. They were like, all y'all can read. Y'all aren't going here. <laughs> so instead you went to Carolina. Yeah, they were like, you guys can kind of read, but you want to have a good time, so let's do that. Hold on. Does Newberry and UVA Wives, are they battling it up this spring? First of all, battle's the wrong word because, honestly, as allergic as we are to the end zone, so is UVA Wives. (laughs) All right, number two for Adam is number four for Mathis, Blood Banks. Mm. Go ahead, man. Dude, without Blood Banks, like – it, it's one of the most important. Like, not only was it blood, mo- it, not only was it blood banks. It's plasma storage. It's blood mobiles. It's mobile blood storage and transportation. It's like without it, millions of people are dead today. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, not to mention, like, I couldn't get seventy-five bucks for beer when I needed anytime I wanted to. <laughs> um, plasma. But yeah, but no doubt, man. Like, I give blood. Like, no joke, I give platelets at least every month to like every two months and the idea that before that was not a thing like that was before i believe it's charles drew there was never that was not something that happened like you just didn't there was no way to store it no way to keep it um no way to you know use it and that's a huge deal um and so yeah i mean could you could you imagine modern medicine without it I not can't. at all I, sidebar i also forget sometimes that you're actually a good person yeah, man, I, I do those. I do those things, bro. I know. I try. Um, I keep it under wraps pretty well. Yeah, you do. It's your other parts of your life that kind of distract from that. Yeah, I'm a complete and utter wreck, but I manage to get you know something great. <laughs> you help people <laughs> on good days. Yeah, I'm a giver, mostly to myself, but I give to other people sometimes too. <laughs> I was. 
I was going to do a podcast on the segregation of blood and it never, I can never finish the research. I never found a definitive answer. To whether they segregate blood, whether they don't do it now, you talking about before previously? I'm talking, I mean, like today, maybe not, but like here in like the last 10 years, I'd read something that said blood was still segregated. And it was- I'd be interested in that. I would too. I, I, I find, I will tell you this though. I think it's funny that, there are people who believe, and it's, there, there are people out there who believe that, um, that certain that there's there's not that diseases aren't related to like your race or your culture, or whatever. That there's no such thing like such things like sickle cell that it does that it can affect anybody, which is actually not true because it doesn't take in the idea of you know the idea of different different people are susceptible to different things, um, such as fat people as myself are real susceptible to high blood pressure that kind of deal. Um, and I can't imagine any reason you would segregate blood. I know now they're they're probably doing it now. I imagine you can't get blood from Asia right now. I would imagine. I'm just from a perspective that I didn't way. consider that. Yeah, I know this. You can, I know this. When I when you go in, like I will say this: when you go in to give blood, you have to. There's a huge list of countries you could not have visited. Yes. Um, within the, within the last within the last three months, or uh, they will not take it. Like, cause I went to South Africa as a sophomore in high school. And then I went to go give blood and I could not do it for, I think, a year. Um, but that's also during the height of the AIDS pandemic in Africa. So, like, even though I had not had a blood transfusion or had any reason to get AIDS, um, there was not a re- they still would not even take that opportunity. And also, when, remember when Zika hit a couple years back yes. yeah. in Puerto Rico? You could not have visited the island, like any island. You could not have been to anywhere in the Caribbean. They would not take your blood. Um, with the idea of once, I think, and this kind of circles back to the invention thing. Once the blood supply is tainted, they have to all be thrown away because they don't know. Yeah. Um, because hey. the tracking, because the tracking of blood, and that's what happens during the AIDS, but the hemophiliacs during the AIDS epidemic is the blood supply got contaminated, and suddenly they make uh, is it H factor, I believe it's called, um, which is what basically hemophiliacs use to control their plate to control their platelets. Once the supply was compromised, now all that blood's got to go away. And now you're talking about you have nothing you need for these surgeries. Um, and so, yeah, they protect that pretty seriously. It's very, it's a very real thing. Um, and imp- it's an important step too. It's not, it's obviously, it doesn't look great from a political standpoint, but it's a very real thing when you start talking about, you know, people, infections and things you can catch and that kind of thing. You have a very suspicious knowledge of blood and blood. Bank. I was literally just thinking to myself, I was like, we're getting just doctor knowledge just dropped on us. How do you know so much about this? Well, let's my, I have a down, I have a nephew with down syndrome. Um, and so when he was born, one of the things down syndrome children have is they have a lack of platelets in their blood. So I started giving and then uh, they call you, I'm saying that's the red cross is worse than the mafia. Like if they want to find if you want to if you want to find out where like Jimmy Hoffa is buried, like just let him have given blood at Red Cross. They will find him. They call you every week. Um, and yes, so and I, have a, and I have a hard time saying no. And so like and they give you the blind like there's I have some weird like thing where I don't carry a certain virus. So my platelets can be used for a neonatal unit, which is strange in itself. And that could be absolute BS. And they just tell me that make me come there and do it. But um, it's hard to say, yeah, let the babies die. I'm not good with that. So Look I would you. show up and then I'd ask questions. And, you know, when you give, especially at one point when I didn't have a child and I was doing it like every two weeks, like it was, you know, you ask questions and find things out and this how stuff they take. 
All right, guys. Dr. Ty Mathis is a great person. Let's stay on that topic. His number one. His number one is Dre's number nine. Inoculation. Onesimus. Is that how you add Onesimus? Onesimus. Onesimus. That's how you say it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a Greek name. His uh the person who owned him named him that because he was like super smart. Like when I was reading about him, he sounded kind of like somebody who was so smart, like he could manipulate everybody around him. And, yeah, uh, it lived in Boston, right? That's what I, that's what I, like, yes, he was a yes. Boston slave. Yes, and uh, when they had that epidemic in like the early 1700s or early to mid 1700s, he's like, the way I read it, he was like, hey, uh, I know how to, cause they had smallpox epidemic. And he was like, I know how to fix this guys. And his master was like, shut up. And he was like, nah, for real. We used to do this all the time in my village. Like, this is old to us. Because he had a scar on his forearm and the uh, people who were enslaved who had scars were worth more money because they were immune to certain diseases, including smallpox. So what he did was he told his master, he was like, look, this is what you do. You take somebody with smallpox and you take a healthy person. Take the person with smallpox, take the pus, cut their arm, rub the pus into that spot. Now it will give them smallpox, but it gives them a much milder version of smallpox and they were less likely to die. And so his master tried it, it worked. So he started telling people about this as the epidemic gets worse and immediately they, you know, discouraged it. They was like, no, you heard this from, you know, the slave, we're not doing what, we're not doing that. We're not gonna do what you do. Uh, and then there's a doctor who's, I can't remember if he's in Boston or if he's in the surrounding areas, but he hears about it because his master like writes about it in articles and stuff. And he has had a child that has died from smallpox. So he's got other children. He's like, I'm going to try it. You know, it can't hurt. And once he tries it, his children survive. And then it gets like extremely popular. And then later on, um, who's credited with inoculation is, is it James Weldon? Yeah. It, it's uh he used cowpox, right? Yes, he he creates the actual like the science scene as a yeah, yeah, like, the, that, yeah. yeah. like the like the scientific like treat quote unquote unquote scientific because they used right. cowpox because you would get cowpox but then you'd be immune to smallpox right yeah and I I gave like Onesimus was number nine on mine because he didn't I can't I don't know if I could give him the invention of inoculation but he did bring it to the Americas. And I and if like if they've been doing it because what I read about it they was like they've always done this you know well, in you know their it's village. it's one of those millions of stories that you, it also makes you think about like when we think about what is Africa like during that time period you yeah. know because a lot of the way we're taught you're just like oh there's nothing going on there and there's like you know nothing like that like dude it's huge full civilizations and countries and kingdoms there's a reason Europeans didn't get into the African interior until the late 1800s. It's because they didn't have the medicine and also a hundred years of the slave trade had destabilized a lot of the regions to where it was finally, they had the opportunity to do so. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt. When, and, and I put him number one because of this, what has been the number one topic that anybody has talked about for a year yeah. in this country? Inoculation. Like, yeah. And what, hey, what, and think about this, you talk about what has never before in the history of our of anything in america have we stopped the country and we stopped the country for a virus like that's how important vaccinations are is that it can shut down what is arguably the most important country in the world because 
we could because you can control a lot of things, but controlling a disease is impossible. So somebody who found a way to stop to stop that from happening has to be way high up there in the list of things um, that's been invented. So and that's also, why. And also, it. you're vaccinated, so you just had to make it number one. This is I am I am vaccinated. I walk around just like with no problems. I just I, I basically live a mask free life. It's great. Do you like wearing a mask in public? I do. I wear a mask because it makes people comfortable. And also, and and they also again, uh, they told they told me that just because I can't get it doesn't mean that I can't spread it, which is you know I don't want to think about the fact of like hey you know if I for somehow I somehow I were able to give it to somebody else I feel terrible, um, and you know it's part of my job is we have to wear them at school so that's one of those things too so uh, I still wear it but I'm not nearly as once I found out I had it, I became a lot less worrisome about when I forget it. Like I don't freak out anymore. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, now I definitely, I very rarely wear it outside. Um, if I'm inside, I do. Cause it, again, it's required and people have asked you to, and it's really not that again, take away everything else. If somebody asks you to do something inside their place of business, yeah, you should probably do what people ask you to do. Agreed. It ain't hard. Yeah, it's not yeah. that difficult. If it makes it if there's 20 people in the room and and one person would feel comfortable with you wearing a mask, just wear it. Who cares about the other 18? Yeah, and I know people won't point well, I don't feel it. And, and thing is, I don't it doesn't make me feel worse, but like it doesn't, you know, I know I don't I don't have problems wearing the mask, but I like I've become a lot, I'm much less likely now at a restaurant to put my mask on to go to the restroom when I used to previous in the pandemic. I would like if I got up from the table, I would go you know, put my mask on. I don't oh, I know exactly what people are thinking when you giant bald white man, <laughs> what they're thinking when you walk to the bathroom with no mask on. Oh, they're like, that guy has like MAGA tattoos. They're like, I saw they got January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> I know what That's well done. That's, that is well done right there. That's very good. Number oh, one. All, I'm gonna say that get, that happens more. That happens more than like any time. Like people look at me, they don't think, man, that dude's like left of Lenin. They don't think about that. Yeah. Like, Nobody's I, like that guy's a modern Marxist. Like everybody's just like <laughs> that. Guy. I, I do not scream. I I love free healthcare. Like that does not happen. Like that's not when you look at me. That is not the first thought that crosses your mind. Not at all. <laughs> number one for Adam is number ten for Mathis. Computer accessories and the color monitor. All right, here's why I put – it wasn't just the computer monitor. It's also the gigahertz chip. Who's that guy? Mark it's Dean. Mark, Mark Dean, right? Yeah. He just passed away last year. Yeah, he worked, he worked for IBM, like, he, like during the early days of Silicon Valley, like really early. Yeah, it's not just the color monitor, which changes the way that we're doing everything, including talking to each other right now. It's also the gigahertz chip, which increased processing speed so that we can have – the modern internet, modern computer, modern usage like we have today. Bump that. Talk about the fact of like he also invented the mouse. Like that's another huge one. Yeah. Could you could you like and you laugh about that, but can you imagine having to put commands into a computer now? Like like having to command the the string of commands you'd have to put, hey, open backslash comma colon. Like I, I can't even I can't fathom a world where you have that's how you control computer technology. God no, I think the internet's magic already. Well, that's because you have that hamster on the wheel that makes your internet go. Well, that is another good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did we lose did we lose Sean again? No, I'm right here. I'm getting ready to talk about the number one for Dre. <laughs> 
And the number five for Adam. Five? The light bulb. Let there be light, my boy. Lewis Latimer. Yes, obviously the filament light bulb is great, but like I had other the I the modern internet is not more important than the light bulb? Yes. You can read your internet by candlelight. You gotta stop. Have no. <laughs> Imagine the, the light bulb? The the light bulb? There you can't go anywhere in the I won't say anywhere in the world. Very few places in the world without a light bulb. There's many places without an internet. There's actually yeah, fewer places without internet in the world than you think now, my friend. And you said one of, them, one, one of them is Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my guy. Somebody, somebody tell I was unaware that the that the light bulb was created by a black man. So I somebody enlightened me. Go ahead, sir. You talking me? Yeah. What, what do you mean? You and I are the only light bulb guys. Explain to me what happened. I was not aware that somebody that a black man invented the light bulb. With with Lewis Latimer and Thomas Edison? Yes, I, I did not know the story. I'm waiting for a story. This is how a podcast works, Dre. You tell me the story because I don't know. His entire podcast that he runs is about stories. His whole podcast is stories. He's like, what are you talking about? What is the story? <laughs> this story I don't know in depth. What I know they were working together and Lewis Latimer invented like the filament inside the light bulb that made the light bulb like last longer. And it made it more efficient from how so I he, So he worked with Thomas Edison to create the inside of the light bulb. And from Thomas Edison. Read, it depends on who you ask. It, some people will say like, cause I never, I, I never got a definitive answer, but I'm going with Lewis Latimer because he's black. Uh, that's my boy. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, never, it's a good, it's good reasons. Any. But if you research some people, I've read that some people say that they work together and some people say that Lewis Latimer came up with it and Thomas Edison uh, pushed it and took it from him. Well, based solely on Edison and Nikolai Tesla's relationship, I would not be shocked in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you have um, people have to do their own research and form their own opinion, but I'm going with Lewis Latimer. Dre's telling you he doesn't know the story, even though he runs a podcast that is solely about stories. <laughs> not this specific story. I haven't done this one yet. <laughs> Onesimus and Mary Beatrice Ken, uh, Kenner and all them, those I've done. I haven't looked up. I haven't researched Lewis Latimer. I don't know everything Yet. about history, guys. You will soon. You run a podcast. I'm not saying you have to know everything. <laughs> Just listen. I'm on the way. I'm creating a data bank. It's going to be amazing. It is. It's, we're, we're every time we record a podcast, we're putting history down uh, in the cloud. You're actually putting real history down. We're just putting down fake laughs. Um, let's wrap it up. Most notable omission for black inventions, GIFs, at least a jellob tip. Mathis's number one was inoculation. Adam's number one was the color monitor and gigahertz. And Dre's number one was the light bulb. Next episode will come at you in the month of March, which is really soon. Warzone update. Warzone update. The Colonel making a fast and furious comeback. Don't um, call it a comeback. Yeah. Uh, I am up 17 to uh, Sean's eight, and the Colonel coming up with six. He's making a move. I mean, obviously not on me, but on other people. Um, and he is also the, the key there is that he doesn't give, he lets us boot ourselves, and that's how he wins. Which is I really won the other movie. day, fool. <laughs> Could you guys um, remind people of what Warzone is? It's been a long time since you've explained it. 
it's risk for adults who don't who play board games on uh, the phone. That's as good of an de- example explanation of it as I can give. It's literally the game of risk on the phone. For some of us who've never played the game of risk. Okay, now it's a very white game. It's a very it's something that white people do at home in nerdy ways. It's what we are definitely because it's literally imperialism. (laughs) Oh my god, it's imperialism. The (laughs) board. It's a. That's what I always assumed about the game. That's the way y'all made it sound like, but I, I wasn't sure. Well, you assumed correctly, my friend. Wow, we just, outed, we just outed ourselves. We all need to yeah. turn our keys in. Yeah. Basically, you have territories. You start out with like four different ones, and then you have armies, and you can put those armies, and you try to gain territory. And if you're me, I gain it very quickly because I kill their armies with superior armies um, because obviously we learned to fight in the swamps of the low country of South Carolina. And then um, we take over, and eventually I – rule the world is how it ends up happening um that's how warzone works if you want to play you should should come be a part oh i uh this sounds way out of my league it's it's really a mathematical game you have to have double the armies of somebody else and the key is to like not let them find you early and then like pop up out of nowhere and have like a thousand armies that really is what i also do then also learn this that antarctica and australia are no way to win that is the first thing you must learn in warzone is that antarctica and australia are guaranteed losers i imagine if there was a world war that would be the exact strategy that everyone would want to avoid is antarctica and australia yeah and everybody goes through that growing pain where they always want to fight for antarctica and then you learn quickly that that is no good that will not work out well for you do y'all die a lot in antarctica and australia no it's just not worth it's not worth the strategic position nor the bonus armies the yeah. key part to understand, Dre, is that you can get once you conquer an entire group of countries, like an area, you get more armies. So, like, you start out with five. If you get like Canada, you get six more. So now you have eleven to use. So, like, the more area you get, the more armies you therefore have. Essentially, you, con- you conquer those people and force them to fight for you. Is how I would describe. Is it. that yeah. based on real population? No, it's not. It's not scientific. It's conscript. It's conscription for like you know fans. Drink at home. Nah. Drinking at home. Europe is a hot spot. Actually, uh, you, Central Asia is the most valuable territory. That is I will, t- I will tell you though, it it we always fight. For, we started out fighting for Africa because it's centrally located, but they do screw them over on numbers of armies. It's yeah. not good. Them in South America really get screwed over. As South far America, as the armies you get yeah. Yeah, South America really is not good, but <laughs> Central Asia is where it's at. It's the least amount of turns to get the most amount of armies. Bang for buck, juice is worth the squeeze. That's where you want to be. All right, contact us at perlopodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at perlo underscore podcast. How can you contact Short Stories of Black History, Dre? You can contact us via Twitter or by email at bhshortstories.com. That's B is in black, H is in history, short stories, plural. Check that podcast out. Thank you very much, Dre, for coming on tonight to Perlo Podcast. Top 10 list from the South Carolina Low Country. Hope you enjoy your day at work or at home or whatever you're doing. Stay safe from the COVID. Get your vaccination, and we'll see you next time.